This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by the Kingsridge Elderberries, QP Goat Soap, Backwards Planning Financial, Private Family Banking, and by our supporters at Patreon.com. You are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you I was cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Psalm 22, 9 through 10. This is not a religion club or a theology society that meets on Sundays. We are the body of Christ. And so coming to worship the Father here means that we are coming to and through Christ. We come to the Father in the power of the Spirit, traveling the road who is Christ. We're traveling Christ the way altogether. And as we travel in that way, we want to take great care not to place a stumbling block in the road for any of our little ones. Pastor Douglas Wilson. Welcome back to Bright Hearth, everybody. Brian, Lexi, and Alfred. Alfred, how you doing, my guy? Alfie's here. Can you say hi to everybody, Alf? He might say hi by crying. So that's his. <laughs> He's that's our his timer greeting. tonight. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, babe, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Hanging in there. Yeah, it's cozy. Yeah. It's been a cozy day. It's been rainy and uh, Cold. a hustery blood. What is it? A hust- hustery, flustery, blustery, Winnie blustery. the Pooh day. Is flustery? that what Flustery. Blustery. Blustery. <laughs> okay. There's something you always said about Winnie the Pooh days, but now I'm. It's just a I very poo day. It is indeed. It is indeed. So, what's our first question? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. We're in a Q and A. We're in the Q and A season. So I should probably get to the question here. It's actually one mainly first directed at you. I'll I'll talk to you. I can't help myself, but um, <laughs> this question is primarily directed first at Lexi, and then the question is as follows. As a fellow pastor's wife, I was wondering if you could offer any practical tips for managing many young children in the pews at church, especially with kiddos under two. What are realistic expectations, and how can we train our children to get there without making them hate church? You don't have any experience with this at all, so maybe, like, hypothetically, theoretically. Hypothetically. If you could imagine what it would be like, babe, to try and get a whole lot of little people through a service while your husband is preaching and can't help you at all, if you had to just imagine your way into that scenario, because you've never been there personally, do you have any thoughts for... <laughs> just kidding, guys. This is Lexi's whole life. She was forged by it, um, born into it. <laughs> you were only a visitor. <laughs> I think it starts with the night before for everybody, including mom, to have everything as ready as possible so it's not... She's not flustered the morning of church up until two years ago, I went to church without you. So what do you mean by that? You went to church without me. So you would get up and go to church. Hopefully not in the way people probably thought you mean. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't go to different churches. You would get up and go to church very early and without the rest of us, even on holidays. So we've only had two Easter breakfasts together my entire married life. (laughs) So, I don't know what your situation is like, if that's you, but I mean, preparation is key the night before. I also think preparation is key, though, the entire week in regards to behavior for the children. Mm -hmm. Just reminding them, like tonight, I mean, you want to explain how we do our catechism and prep for Sundays and what we're reminding them of during catechism? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's a good one. It's on my list as well. Just when we are thinking about Sunday morning, we're thinking about Sunday morning as like game time. And the week as practice. Yeah. So we want to build in weekly practices so that our children can participate in a way that is intelligent, where they're not just needing to be, especially as they get older, 
They're not just needing to be pacified or distracted. They're actually understanding the point of the service and they're understanding how they participate as a part of the people of God, because the children are part of the people of God in worshiping the Lord with the gathered saints. So through the week for, for that practice, one of the things that we do, and, and some weeks we might hit this twice, some weeks we might hit it five times. It depends on what's going on around our schedule. We're more concerned with consistency than, than perfection. Yeah, yeah. And not getting like super discouraged if we have a psalm sing and then we have something else. And then the next night we have people like, it's okay. But what we do is right around the time we're wrapping up kind of people eating at dinner, I'll go grab the Westminster Shorter Catechism book and our Catherine Voss Storybook Bible, which is what we use right now with the age range of children we have. And then I will begin with catechism for the very little kids, which is right now Winnie and Cyril are the two that are too young for Westminster, but ready to participate. And how old is Winnie? Winnie's two. And she can say... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So so I ask him a series of questions. One of them, you know, Cyril, are you baptized? And he pats his head, yes, I'm baptized. And I stole this from someone else. I'm pretty sure like Zach Wilkie, Wilkie. or something. <laughs> uh, and uh, as with everything good that we do, I stole it from someone else. You should steal from us and you'll be stealing from them too. And then we say, hey, uh, who made you? And they say, God, they point out God. Where does, uh, who died on the cross for your sin? Jesus. Uh, where does where does Jesus come live if we trust him? In my heart, right? So that's like the little kid catechism to start. Yeah, you, you even started that with Alfred last week where you would ask him and then you pat him on the and head, I pat him on the head and, and said, you're baptized. you're baptized. And then who lives in your heart if you trust him? Jesus, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yes. you can start it really young. Yep. And then I'll start him on the first question of the Westminster Shorter Catechism when they're two still, you know, two or three. That, that was the point, is that Winnie can say that Because it's an easy one. Yeah. It's what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And I've set a lot of these to music, so they've heard them too. It's kind of like in the house. So yeah, Cyril can say that clean right away. Mm-hmm. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Good job, Cy. Winnie says something like, man's chief end. Glorify God. And then I say, and every single time I say, and, and she says, joy, him. joy him ever. <laughs> so we do that. And then a lot of nights as well, we're singing and praying kind of throughout the day from chapel through bedtime before dinner. But then a lot of the time we'll walk over to the living room. Everybody stands up like we're in church. We sing a song all together and pray. And we do that like, again, between two and five times a week as practice for the service. And and we tell them, like, you should be sitting still listening to the story like we're in church. You should be raising your hands when we're singing like we're in church. You should not be twirling around like we're in church. Yes. Because the thing is, and mom should be there too to enforce yeah, this, enforcer. which I really do try and sit down mm-hmm. for this part. It's easy for me to want to go do something to get ready for tomorrow. Not like, oh, I'm going to go read a book instead, but still yeah. my own work. Like productivity. Yes. But if I'm there... I can quickly spank in a way that I can't on Sundays. And you guys, I am telling you, the weeks we forget to do this... It shows. It shows up on Sunday morning. Yeah, for Lexi. Yeah, so that's a big one, is like preparation through the rest of the week. Yes. I am actually... I'm not against it. Like, I don't mind people helping me. I just actually found that my children were more disobedient when other people helped me on a regular basis than Mm -hmm. me just having them all because the transfer of authority wasn't working for whatever reason. 
when they would then need to be at an event where I didn't have help or mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. you sat with so-and-so during the service. Now it's after the service and you need to listen to me again. Yeah. It just never worked well. So I have all of the kids. I don't mind. Sometimes like Ari will have a friend sit with us and I don't, I don't mind at all. But for the most part, I don't even like the kids having toys or anything. And again, I think this is partly my personality, but par- partly also just the conviction that they can participate. If you're training them with toys or like little picture books, something that is not actually communicating to them what Sunday morning is about, then you're not actually teaching them to worship with you. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it helps our service. Our liturgy. Our liturgy is very embodied. It's participatory. Yes. So the children actually enjoy doing that. And they know, <laughs> they know, I was telling Brian and someone else this week on our drive, because we do drive separate still to church right now, at least. The children, when we got in the car, I had two of them like confess and apologize to something they said to me that morning. And I think the reason is because they know I've been talking to them about what the time of confession is when we're kneeling. And I think it's because they know we're going to go confess to the Lord our sins this morning. Yeah. So I need to get right with mom beforehand. And it was just interesting because they had never done that before, but Mm -hmm. it was literally as soon as the van doors shut, Mom, I'm sorry I said that. Mom, I'm sorry I was disrespectful in this yeah, way. Yeah. So it's cool because you see, like, I I could easily feel discouraged by the fact that I'm, you know, taking two little toddlers and sweating my butt off, wearing a baby and carrying all three of them up and down the stairs for discipline all service. But when I see something like that, it's really encouraging to me because it means they're they're understanding what it is about. Yeah. I would sum that up by saying that our primary aim over time with our children is participation yes. rather than distraction. Yes. So sometimes you're going to have, especially in little kid years, it's okay, there's the occasional like little pen and a piece of paper or that kind of thing, but we're not going to replace that at each stage with a new age-appropriate distraction. Like the six-year-old is not going to have a distraction. The goal is to train them so that they're participating in confession and they're confessing their sin and in singing and in listening actively, and in the responsive readings, and lifting their hands for the doxology, and knowing the liturgical responses to our order of service. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and also to you. Yeah, they know those. It, they really can do it. Like yeah. I've had, I've had Cyril and Winnie take notebook and pen the last two weeks. I actually think I'm going to take it from them again because. And I'm remembering why the, I, all their church clothes come home with ink all over them. Yeah. So, but before that, for the last couple months, Winnie has been sitting on her own in the pew. And I just, I too. just remind her, you cannot get down because for her, the temptation is up and down, up and down, up and down. And, you know, if you get down in a reason that you really don't need to get down, you will get a spanking. And she can do it, guys. She really yeah. can do it. I mean, I, I play with her hair. I smile at her. I encourage her. Yeah. They get a treat before service. You know, it's not like they they do have fun. They have fun. Yeah, they genuinely yeah. have fun. And they love seeing their friends. And at they church. love seeing their friends. And they love singing. That's the cool thing about the mm-hmm. the psalm sing is they all look forward, including Winnie. Including yes. Winnie. She always asks when we're driving to church, we sing psalm? We sing psalm? Yes. So she knows and enjoys participating in the culture at her level. Yeah. So I think a lot of this is just keeping a high standard and realizing that your children are created as infants to be worshipers of the Lord and they can do it. 
Our sponsor, Private Family Banking Partners, is on a mission to help Christians live out the Dominion mandate by making a stealth-like move away from the mainstream banks and into their own privatized banking system. This innovative system is designed to guarantee uninterrupted compound interest and tax-free growth without exposure to typical stock market risks. To join this growing community that is already building wealth into future generations and converting post-mill talk into post-mill action, contact Private Family Banking Partner Chuck DeLatteranti at his email, chuck at privatefamilybanking.com. That's chuck at privatefamilybanking.com. To set up an appointment and to receive a free copy of Chuck's new book, Protect Your Money Now, How to Build Multi-Generational Wealth Outside of Wall Street and Avoid the Coming Banking Meltdown, go to the links in the show notes below. Did you know that fresh American black elderberries are naturally high in phosphorus, vitamin A, vitamin B6, and vitamin C, as well as many anthocyanins that serve as antioxidants? Regular supplementation with elderberry extracts has been shown to decrease chance of influenza and lessen cold duration in symptoms. The King's Ridge fresh frozen elderberries are hand-picked, de-stemmed, washed, and quickly frozen at their family farm in East Central Indiana. Their whole operation is designed around maximizing freshness and antioxidant content of their berries. Trevor and Autumn truly hope that their elderberry syrup and fresh frozen elderberries bless your family this cold and flu season. Don't buy dried European elderberries and support the global economic agenda. Visit TKRFarm.com and purchase your elderberry needs from the Kings Ridge elderberries. And that link is in the description for you. Yeah, and I think you have to understand that success for you as a mama is often going to look like missing many chunks of the service in this stage of life in order to discipline consistently and quickly in the service even. Like, okay, we're going to take the little two-year-old out and we're going to go discipline because you might think, oh, it's not success. I'm missing 10 to 30 minutes of every service. Ours is a 90-minute service, right? So you know, Lexi might miss anywhere from 10 to, to an hour, 10 minutes to an hour, like when it's all added up of the service. And I try to encourage her that that is actually what success looks like for you. You're not failing. That's You're doing a good job. And That's when, your duty right now. I think now. when my views of worship changed, probably over the last two years specifically, Doug's A Prime Run Worship really helped me with this for some reason. And honestly, just us changing the liturgy helped and you pastoring all this through that really helped. But I now understand that I'm not actually missing worship to go discipline the child. It is part of my worship to go discipline the child. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. feel sad anymore. I This might be sad for some people to hear. Maybe it really is just personal opinion. I just think all moms should really fight to stay out of the nursing mother's room with children. Because, again, it is a way that you are training them towards... It's just like with spanking. Like if you train them that they get spanked when mom counts to three, then you're still not training them to yeah, obey. Yeah, so you mean. So they get, they get to escape Correct. the service and Correct. go run around in the nursing mother's room. And that's not the so, goal. No, it's not the goal. I really try like maybe, maybe two or three times a year am I in there. And typically that's through a transition period. Like I mm -hmm. had a newborn. This was our first or second week and it went really bad. So here we are. We're going to try again next week so that we don't have to end up in here. Or like we changed service times and I just wasn't prepared this week or something went wrong and that's why I'm in here. Yeah. So yeah. Be 
Yeah. So you're, you're training them towards the nursing mother's room instead of towards participation. And I, I know everyone has different reasons they're in there. I'm just saying, I think it no is judgment. a good ideal to work towards staying in the service. Yeah. Especially no. if you have two parents there. Yeah, and Lexi's doing it on hard mode. The, the question is on hard mode. When you're yeah. a pastor's wife and your husband's participating or leading the liturgy, it's, it's, it's hard. It's like, you know, you think of us with six kids ranging from a four-month-old currently through a 10-year-old, and to take the two-year-old out sometimes means leaving the three-year-old. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I, because we do have so many nursing mothers, I can't take all my kids in there. Right. And that's that was something that at first, when my kids were younger, it was a little bit easier. And then when I realized I can't take the older boys in there, it just made me realize I don't actually need to be in here. I can yeah. train all of my children. Like it, It is pointless for me to come in here because I'm training them towards naughtiness, not towards obeying me. Yes. So... Yeah, I think we've been circling around this a lot, but the first place that my head went to when I saw this question, and like we've gotten it a couple different ways, so I said, this is the question we're going to do for this episode, is just, what is the goal? Like, It's so important that as a parent, yes. you get clear first on the goal. Where am I trying to end up? Where am I training my children to? Because otherwise, you get caught in the, 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 um, the tyranny of necessity and of the now, where you're like, you're just reacting and saying, oh, my kid's noisy. Oh, my kid's fussy. I need to go out of the service. Yeah. I need to find a distraction. I need to get him a toy. I need to get him a snack. I got to figure out a oh, bunch no, of ways no to snacks. manage. We don't do snacks during service. Either. I got to figure out a way to manage <laughs> all of their behavior or their... And the problem with that approach is that you're actually not approaching it first with a goal in mind, which is judicial maturity for your children. Maturity in Christ, aiming for their heart that they love the Lord's service. They don't just tolerate it or get distracted through it. Mm -hmm. Because what we're aiming for is covenant succession. Yeah. We're aiming for our children to, through one of God's main appointed means of becoming like Christ, which is the gathered worship of God's people, we're training our children to be Christians, again, like the cold open, from their earliest days. Psalm 22, you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust at my mother's breast. Like when we have a little four-month-old in the service, Mm -hmm. he is being trained in faith Mm -hmm. right there at his mother's breast in the service. And so you have to start with, if you don't have a clear, this is true of like almost anything that we do as, as human beings, but if you don't have a clear goal, then you're not going to hit anything distinctive or intentional. You'll just always be reacting like an amoeba to stimuli. Yeah, that's Stimuli. a good way. To, I didn't thought about it like that reactionary. So I think that's where a lot of parents get trapped. Is they're like, yeah. ah, this is so tiring. And so, and again, it is tiring, but it's less tiring if you're like, I'm training my children for something worthwhile. And yeah. Being tired is a success right now because I'm aiming for something. And I, I really, I promise you guys, it won't be tiring, especially, I really feel like the key is training them during the week. Yes. That has made a huge difference for me. I mean, it's probably, this may sound crazy. I don't know. It's probably easier for me now with six, one of them being a four month old. Cyril and Winnie are at a really hard spot because they're our closest two kids in age. Mm-hmm. And Winnie, just being honest, likes to throw fits on Sundays. Yeah. I've never really had kids do that before. So that's been a unique challenge. But it's actually been easier with all six than my hardest was probably when I had four, when Cyril was a newborn mm-hmm. and we came back from COVID. That was like a big panic sesh for me. Mm-hmm. I remember, <laughs> um, I recall it. Yeah, that was well. a really hard one because 
your grandma moved away just after that too. So yeah. I had had Brian's grandma would sit with me for a couple years. It was just really helpful, but it's easier now. And I really do think the key is Sunday is to train it. Yes. And, and, and it's, I, it's also not just because I have older kids guys, because no. I really don't try. I don't want my boys to be my slaves. I want right. them to enjoy it too. And I want them to go be able to talk to their friends and, participate as Christians and serve as, I mean, there was a long season there probably over a year where Ari actually ran the slides on Sundays. So he didn't even yeah. sit with me because he was helping to serve. So it's not just because I have older kids that it's mm. more helpful. So yeah, the older kids can do some things like when you have to go out of the room to go discipline, it's okay to say, Hey, eight year old, Keep an eye on your brother here while we're going, but he's still participating in the service. Yeah. You don't want to be like, hey. He's not parenting for me older on kid, Sundays. Take the two-year-old out to this room. I'm going to take this one out no, here. I'm no, do no, no. Because they need to participate as well yep. in the service. And it's not their responsibility. Better to enroll as a pastor's wife in that unique situation. Better to enroll some help if you need to. Yeah. And don't yes. feel bad about doing that. If there's, an, if no, there's no. a grandma in the congregation and or everybody a lady, is always... And you did, for a while there, you did have Ben helping, like really stepping in when yeah. I needed things. And he still is really good at checking in on that. Yep. But all I can turn to whoever is behind me, even Kyle. There's been a single guy sitting behind us for yeah. weeks that he knows to just kind of smile or say, Cyril, you know, sit up hey, straight. And sit up straight, bud. Everyone knows. It's not, it's not, it's not awkward. And, yeah. I, and I think part of it was I had to get over that. Maybe when I was a younger mom, it did feel awkward to me. Yeah, sure. But now it's kind of like, this is just life. We're all trying to do this. So Yeah. And, and the thing is like, you're actually giving somebody an opportunity to bear another's burden in a Christian way as fruit to their account. And most people are happy to do it. They don't want to intrude and impose a lot of, a lot of people. They feel like, Oh, it's their kids. I don't want to be weird. So yeah. it's okay to ask if you're in a unique situation, if you're a widow, a young widow, and you have children and no husband to help, if you're, mm -hmm a pastor's wife, if you're in a situation that's unusual, where it's actually pretty manageable, like when I was in the service this last Sunday because Pastor Khan was preaching, it, I was able to have Winnie on my lap, and she did a lot better than she often does, because again, like I just had this one job of keeping Winnie focused on the service as much as possible. Lexi was able to have the baby and, you know, occasionally say, hey, Cyril, you know, sit down, listen, listen to the service. If you're not in that situation, though, where you have a husband there to help you, then, yeah, go find some help if you need it. If you, if you, especially if you have like, like eight kids or nine kids, or you have like three kids under three, which I, I know some people the have age, that. The ages are the hard exactly. part yeah. about it. Yeah. Absolutely. The but I still think thing. your ideal should be long term. How can I get better at this next week? That's what I'm yeah, always week. asking myself is, well, this didn't work. What can I change for next what week? We, what can we aim for next week? Um, I do think there's some practical things as well to keep in mind, like do love your neighbors in church. So don't just let your children overpower the service with fits and be like, well, they're supposed to be learning how to be in the service and I'm training their little hearts and like mm -hmm. everyone's on board with this. If your child's screaming at the top of their lungs, it really is not loving to the congregation, yeah. not no. to take care of that. You should probably discipline quickly. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, we were throwing a big fit. We're going to go out. Even if it's even if it's a full 15, 30 seconds of awkwardness where you're packing up the, all the kids, taking them to the discipline spot, and like, this is what we have to do now. It's not yeah. always perfect. No. Don't feel awkward. 
other people are cheering you on. Yeah. I guarantee you in the church. Yeah. The pastor is not angry unless he's, you know, dumb. But I'm never annoyed when there's a crazy amount of like if a kid the the classic, like the kid is in the middle of the pew in the middle row. Yes. There's people's our church has been packed lately. And there's some people, there's like six families between you and the end of the row. Island hopping together. And a baby starts just absolutely saying, I am done with this service. I am a pot. I am done. I'm leaving the church. (laughs) And I, for real, we just chuckle. During the week when I'm, you know, disciplining or have a child run away from me or say no or, you know, be unself controlled with their body. I'm literally thinking I need to discipline right now so I don't have to discipline for this on Sunday. Yeah. I'm literally thinking that all week long. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Like what went wrong? Ooh, I'm yawning. What went wrong last week? Mm-hmm. And how can we train for that? Mm-hmm. It's like a coach. Oh, our team, we did really good on offense, but our defensive line was like super porous and we got, you know, 12 sacks against us. So we got to work on our defensive line this week. Same thing. If it's like, Hey, confession of sin this week, nobody was kneeling. People were chucking. We we're climbing under the pews. They had the hymnal and they're hitting their brother on the head with it. Then you know what we're going to do? We're going to kneel. We're going to practice praying and confessing our sin this week. That's what we're going to do. An- another thing as well, I think that's very important and easy to overlook, especially for families that aren't musical, like you're not musical is to teach your kids how to sing. They actually, it's a skill. You need to teach your children how to participate in the singing and the music and the liturgy. And think about it from their perspective. They can't read, right? They don't know the songs. So they're just like, what is? what am I supposed to do in this time? Like everybody's standing up singing. I, I can't sing. I don't know the words. How do you help a two or three-year-old learn to sing? You practice. Yeah, just practice during sing the week. Sing the songs a lot. Yeah. Like little kids can learn songs even though they can't read. They memorize them. Daphne, we, in- she was singing a funny psalm while we were making pretzels today. Um, Son of God goes forth to war. The section about loving your enemies. It was just interesting. I'm like, she's sitting he here. for those that did the wrong. Yeah. She's sitting here singing and praying about praying for her enemies. About Stephen the martyr. While making pretzels. Yeah. Because we chose to make it a priority that we sing the psalms. Yeah. It was cool. It was just... In chapel at St. Brendan's, we, we do this in chapel as well. Kids who go to the school, they're learning how to be in the liturgy all the time with a mini service every Monday to Friday. So one of the things we do, I lead the singing every morning, and I'll pick a new psalm about every one to four weeks, depending on how how good we know it. And then I'll give them all the music, even though not they can all read, but not all of them can read quick enough for it like to really keep up. And it's confusing to read it on. Yeah. But I'm wanting them to get the experience of holding the music, looking at it, getting familiar with it over time, not expecting perfection. But, you know, for example, right now we're singing Psalm 124, Let Israel Now Say in Thankfulness. Three verses, but it's like old-fashioned language, old setting of a psalm. And at first the older kids are singing and the, the younger forms are kind of like mumbling along. They might know the first verse a little bit. But by week three or four of singing it, most of the younger kids can hang and can sing significant portions even of the song. And that's a whole psalm that they're memorizing, these little six-year-olds, mm-hmm. six- and seven-year-olds. And I'll look at them and encourage them, like, you know, hey, you're doing so good. Like, And then out, you can tell, though, when when a kid is, like, naturally precocious with music, they just soak it up. Some kids are going to be a little bit harder 
But as a parent, if you can build that time in, in our church, it's a psalm saying, find the top 20 songs that your church sings and start singing them regularly. Sing them at the dinner table, sing them in the car. Getting your kids practice at this is going to be an absolute game changer in helping them participate in, honestly, one of the biggest chunks of the liturgy Mm -hmm. that we often forget about training our children for. And and for us, it's like not just singing, but it's we practice standing and singing, Mm -hmm. not melting around on the piano. No, I I tell Cyril, (laughs) if whoever sits behind me may or may not hear me always saying him like, stand tall like a tree, stand tall like a tree. No wet noodles. (laughs) No wet noodles. And sometimes, you know, sometimes he does end up sitting quietly. If I know he's genuinely tired, we've been out late, you know, and he's sitting there quietly after standing for a while, I'm not going to put up a huge fight. But for the most part, the expectation is standing and singing. I did want to say two other things that have been helpful. One of them was uh, seating arrangement, like just play around. If one week it didn't work for the littlest one to sit beside the oldest one, then try the next week. Who knows? Maybe the two middle kids would do great together and not fight. So just being really strategic about that. And if there is a lineup that works, then just try to remember that for the next week. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. It was two-year-old, five-year-old, seven-year-old, three-year-old, <laughs> yeah. one-year-old, four-month-old. Okay. Yeah. Let's line them up this way. Um, And then for a couple years, I did use an umbrella stroller for the toddlers that were the wiggliest ones. Yeah. Winnie just absolutely hates it though. Just does not like it. Really? And it was just causing fits, which is why I stopped using it. She was much happier to sit beside me on the pew. It's probably because she's a girl now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah. uh It's probably, yep. Uh, She'll, she'll sit fine beside me, but she did not like sitting in the umbrella stroller. So if you can bring an umbrella stroller in and that might help, you know, yeah, that can be one person strapped in. Yeah, knowing your kids, like that's definitely part of it. Just saying some of them are going to do well with this situation or this aid, and some of them it's absolutely yeah. not going to help at all. It'd be worse than in the And Alfie is our first infant that just does not sleep in the car seat at church. Nope. I, I don't think he has one. He's a king. He hardly king sleeps Alfred. at home any time except at night. So I've had to that that has been hard for me because with a newborn, at least I was somewhat hands-free for part of the service, Yeah, but I'm not at all hands-free right now. No, not at all. So it's been really, 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 really tricky for me to figure that out. But like I said, it's it's been a breeze in some ways, Yeah, which yeah. is so weird to say. I think another thing that's, that's been good is trying to, I try to do this almost every day with school, on the way to school, or at some point in the day, asking my kids to narrate back some aspect of the liturgy or in in their case, school during the day. Like, tell me about the sermon. What was the sermon about? And sometimes it's funny. They're like, they sat there, they have no idea. They're like, I don't even, and then that tells you, okay, well, next time before I'm going to coach you, I want you to be able to tell me a couple things about the sermon. I'll tell them when I'm in the pew with you occasionally, listen to Pastor Khan, eyes looking at Pastor Khan or eyes looking at Pastor Griffin so that they know, because they just slouch and, their their attention will follow their what eyes. What they're supposed to pay attention to, yeah. And so you're coaching them constantly. And at first they don't like it, but it trains their little muscles of focus and attention. Yeah. And then they get to where they can. And they yeah. can narrate back and they, they know, oh, mom's going to ask me. Dad's going to ask me a question about the service. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite song? Oh, can you sing any? What parts do you remember of that song? And Winnie almost always says, bless the man that fears Jehovah, even if we didn't sing it. So <laughs> that's how I know she was really locked in. 
It's like always answering Jesus, knowing that 80% of the time it's going to be at least close. One last thing. Do you have anything else? I have one last kind of thing. I, I was just thinking of that funny story that a pastor's wife told us recently. What was it? I hope it's appropriate that I tell this story. We'll cut it like, out if it's not. There was a whole bunch of candies that went missing mm-hmm. that week. And I think she might've found the wrappers in like a little uh, crawl space at their house or something. Uh-huh. And she, you know, went down the line and asked all the kids who it was. Mm-hmm. She knew it was one of them. None of them fessed up. <laughs> she said they no. got to confession that week. And he came over and he was like, Mom, it was me. I took the mints, Mom. <laughs> yes. Our kids it was have, like days later. Our kids have done that. And he was little too. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe he's uh, four at max. And he knew he was thinking back yes. to what had happened that week. They're listening. They are. When the pastors are giving the exhortation to confession, we're going to confess our sins. So let's funny. keep short accounts. The Lord is on our side. We're forgiven, but let's confess. And I go, I go They're to, listening. I don't do it as much with Winnie right now because my main goal with Winnie is just like to get her kneeling on the floor. Yeah. With Cyril, I do try to scoot over to him and just say a simple prayer of like, um, dear Lord, I'm sorry for disobeying you this week. And I'm sorry for disobeying mommy and daddy. Please forgive me. Thank you for forgiving me and covering my sin. That's so simple. So he hears how to confess. But I heard him a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was not able to get to Winnie for some reason. And I heard him go over to her and say, now this is the time we tell Jesus that we disobeyed. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was so, so funny. I was like, you're oh, that's getting so it. Good. He's, te- he's, he's a teacher. He's teaching her. He's a teacher. He's passing it on. Now, Winnie, let me help you navigate the liturgical <laughs> It was so sweet, though. That is so sweet. And it's not, honestly, guys, this is not a dour thing. We're not like hellfire and brimstone. It's time to confess because you're fearful. It is always like, and the pastor assures us afterwards. Yeah, as a minister of the gospel, I assure you your sins are are washed away. Sea of blood-bought grace. You're forgiven. All of your sin is forgiven through Christ. Yeah. We're not confessing so that we can be justified again every every week. We're confessing because the Lord tells us to, to keep short accounts for our own good. Yeah. And so our kids are learning all of this, and you, and like, they'll shock you every once in a while with something that you're like, I had no idea you had absorbed that as a two, three-year-old, and they totally had. And then think about how much more that's growing and maturing. Yeah. It's like, if you want a 20-year-old aged bottle of wine, you have to put it in the bottle and put it on a shelf 20 years ago. So yeah. if you don't, this is what I hate about not, you know, non-family integrated worship where the kids are kicked out into kids' stuff. It's like, they're, they're not even going to start aging and maturing into the full body of Christ as an active yeah. participant in the assembly of God until you put that bottle on the shelf. If you're putting the bottles up from their mother's breast, then by the time they're 20, you've got 20-year-old wine in the bottle, you know, Lord willing. But if you don't do it till they're 12, or if you just distract them until they're 14, guess what you've trained them to do? You now have a 14-year-old that's trained to think service is something to be distracted from. Yeah. And this isn't for me. It's you know, this is something adults do. No, let the little children come and the the New Testament treats them as members. So mm-hmm. treat them such. Mm-hmm. Right? Treat them that way. I have one other kind of thing I wanted to walk through and then Okay. So the, the I wanted to ask you cuz the question asks very specifically, what are realistic expectations? Let's go through as like for a newborn, for a two-year-old, for a four-year-old, for a six-year-old, for a 10-year-old, what are some reasonable expectations? Let's say, obviously, this one's pretty easy. For a new, for a little baby, what are your expectations for a baby in the service? Sleeping. To be a baby. To be sleeping. <laughs> like, just to be a baby, to guys. be praising the Lord, 
nursing. Yes, there's not much that we're asking of the baby. Yeah, no, no. Uh, this is the rare time, not right now, once they get to a certain age where they're nursing, like their schedule falls right in the middle of service. That's the only time mm-hmm. I typically have a bottle with me. Otherwise, I just try to nurse before and after service. Yeah. It is important to see, though, that we do have an expectation of the baby, and it is that the baby is going to adapt to the service time. Yes. We're not going to say, oh, baby's nap time for the next That's six true. months is going to be... That's a good point. And so I can't come to church. That's a really good point. No, no. Even that. then, we're training them. Oh, something different. They know, like, something happened here. Oh, I'm at church. Like, it's it's not com- it's not didactic 100%. Yeah. So there's an expectation there. It's just like... Yeah, we've even started doing uh, hospitality right after service on Sundays. And it's just kind of a free fall for nap time now on Sundays and everybody survives and it's okay. Yeah. And I think you really have to hear that as a mom. You will be okay. It's one day a week. Yep. It will be okay. So yeah, baby is there. Even if it's nap time, baby is Mm -hmm. there. Winnie still falls asleep sometimes in service Mm -hmm. and then goes home and takes a nap anyways. Yeah. Alfie sometimes falls asleep. Alfie doesn't fall asleep. I don't know. Yep. Two. Let's talk about like, so that one to like two, two and a half. Yeah. Like that kind of range. What are your expectations so that you know, like, okay, they're hitting the goal? Yeah. Um, my expectations is that they can stand and they know which songs to raise their hand for because uh-huh. everyone else around them is raising their hand. They get little reminders and encouragements. Mm-hmm. Never mean they're not going to be disciplined if they don't raise their hand unless it's like you were sticking your tongue out at me and not raising your hand. <laughs> yeah, like raise your hand and like hit you. <laughs> yeah, that's Stop different. Stop it, Mom, not raise my hand. But again, that's not because they're not raising their hand that they're not getting disciplined. It's because of other naughtiness. Yes. So, and then for the most part, they can sit through the service quietly. They're wiggly, yes. Do they look around at people and smile? Yes. Are they, is the expectation that they can talk? No. If they're talking, they're out immediately. Yep. And, and I will tell my children that during the service, like it's not a time for talking. It's not time for talking and oft, I, I will let them go to the bathroom, but typically I don't let them even get up for drinks or anything because it's kind of like, I know you had half an hour before. It's 90 minutes. You're going to be Snacking fine. and drinking. You'll be just okay. Because so, they learn that those are things that are, if they're always allowed to get a drink correct, and go to the bathroom, correct. guess what guys? They're going to always be Five thirsty. times a service. Like I'm thirsty and I need to pee. Yeah. Those go together. Yeah. And Winnie is potty trained right now. So I just make sure she goes to the bathroom before service and- she doesn't get to say that a lot. I will take her once. And if she says she needs it again, cause she's realized I can get out. I don't go again. I just tell her we're almost done with service. You can hold it. Cause I know she can. Yeah. Do you desire to be shrewd financially for your family? It takes wisdom and dedication to build and pass on personal wealth as mature, responsible leaders must. Joe Garrisey with Backwards Planning Financial is at your side to integrate investments, debt, insurance, tax strategies, and legacy planning in a holistic approach. He coaches his clients to act wisely with the resources God expects us to turn a profit on, to love our children and grandchildren well. Tap on the link to his website in the description and contact him to get started. Or visit him directly at backwardsplanningfinancial.com. Discover the gentle touch of QP Goat Soap. That's right. She said goat soap. Introducing QP Goat Soap, a Christian, homeschooling, family-owned business with a great story behind it. One that really captures the heart of what we're all about here on Bright Hearth. For Quinn Pittman's ninth birthday, he convinced his parents to get him a pair of Nigerian dwarf goats, known for their sweet and creamy milk. Quinn not only excelled at caring for his small flock, it's since grown. Now an enterprising 16-year-old, 
Quinn and his family makes high-quality soaps that will leave your skin feeling soft and silky smooth from the increase of his herd. Head over to QPGoatSoap.com or tap on the link in the description of this episode to pick up a pack of his handcrafted soap today. Available in men's, women's, seasonal scents, and more, you'll love this family-owned business. And even better, use the code BRIGHT10 at checkout for a discount on your order. You can find that code in the description as well. That's right, and that code is all lowercase, BRIGHT10. B-R-I-G-H-T-1-0 at checkout for a discount on your order. What would be the next stage? What about so uh, coming into kindergarten through third grade kind of age? Yeah, kindergarten through third grade would probably be where they're singing. Yeah, because they can now read. Singing. Yeah, they, they can read or they at least like see enough of their peers around them and are around the music enough that they know it by memory. Yeah. Daphne's not reading 100% independently yet, mm-hmm. but she ha- knows a lot of these songs by heart at this point. Yeah. And it's kind of at that age where they're now confessing on their own. Yeah. I'm not necessarily checking in with them, but I will say like if something happens during the week discipline wise, and you know, we've had a long conversation about it. I, I will say to them like, this is an example of something that like we need to get back in fellowship. So you don't need to confess this on Sunday sort of a thing. And then my, yeah, go ahead. And then just above that, I guess is because after that fourth grade and up, it's starting to be more mature. You're actually participating as a full. Cause they take communion. They, yeah, they even Ari has helped serve in certain points. So they're kind of like full fledged members, you know? Yeah. And then some of the, the check-ins and the discipline might be more areas where it's like, they know what to do but they're choosing to be distracted by a friend in yeah. church or something like that, where we're learning the appropriate times for goofing off and friendship. Yeah, that's, yeah. There's a time for There's that. There's often totally times fine. where I'm saying, boys, it's not okay to wrestle right in front of nope. the one doorway that goes Can't out do to the bathrooms. <laughs> we're not allowed to be on the ground in, in the sanctuary. We tell them, yeah. you know, Ben helps enforce this too. No kids on the stage. We don't run in church. Yeah, we really don't like running. I mean, it happens. It happens. I'm pretty quick right now. We have right 150 now. kids in the room. so Because happens. of hospitality and Alfie being so little, I'm pretty quick to leave the service. But uh-huh. when I was staying, I was staying and tr- really trying for everyone to be camped out around me. That's part of why I don't stay, though, is there's, there's just so many of them that I don't think yep. it's a helpful expectation to, to do that. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like there's... The, I go to almost every single church event we ever have. Yeah. It's not like they're missing fellowship of any kind. So the fact that we leave right after service is just, it is what it is for now. Yep. And I stay so, and do my pastor thing. And, yeah. 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 Cause you can't, no, I you can't, can't help. So no, I can't leave, leave right away. I can't help with from almost beginning to end. Basically I'm not helpful because I have vocation. This is what I do. And the kids also know that like, Daddy is serving the church, and so I tell the older kids, like, you need to help Mama. You need to be a help to Mama. Daddy's serving the church. You need to be a help to Mama. Any last practical thoughts, anything like that, before we wrap it up? I I just hate those posts on Instagram that are like, Mama, Jesus sees you. <laughs> if you're sitting in the back with your crabby baby and your crabby heart, he sees you. I he hate does. those posts. <laughs> your crabby heart is not okay. Repent. <laughs> yes. I think it's just a false view of what worship is. I, I think just like a, a misunderstanding entirely in our evangelical culture of what the church is and what Sunday is for and what worship is. 
So I yeah. just, I cringe at those things because there's so many solutions to the problems, starting with getting your heart <laughs> right. Yeah, we have a generally low view of women in the church where we treat them like they don't have moral agency, like they can't sin. You can't do a hard like thing, their you sin mean? should be coddled and they can't do hard stuff. Yeah. I'm like, my, I know my wife does hard stuff every, you should see her every Sunday, it's amazing. And it's because she's not, her arms are clothed with strength, Proverbs 31. I know she'll do me good all my days, and she's helping me accomplish this mission that we both believe in, and so it's worth our strength. Yeah. It's worth putting to death your crabby heart, getting to work, and like thinking, we're raising immortal souls. We're going to have these kids for a short period of time before we hand them over, and they become mature, and they go off, and they start their own households. Like, this is just a short period of our lives. Yeah. And and so we can run hard in this season of the race, and we hope to run hard, obviously, through the end, through the finish line. Like, you, you'll get strong. The Lord will provide for you. So don't let yourself, I think that's a big one, don't let yourself wallow in self-pity. It's like, pastor's wives, this is so easy for you to do. I have it harder than everybody yeah. else. Uh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's, you start self-pitying, and it's like, Something it's that toxic. I would like to mention... I don't really know what the solution is, but um, between January and June of this year, I went to church five times yeah, because of how sick everybody was. That's not ideal. That was the longest stretch of time that I went to church as little as I did. Yeah. Because when when one kid's sick and it's just like a normal family, dad and mom could rotate staying home with one of the kids and take the rest. Mm -hmm. I can't take all the kids to service with me. Yeah. So it, it yeah, is, and even if you typically do take, I can the, take older the older three, kids, yeah, but I still have to stay home with younger kids. I do feel like it is normal and natural. I did get very lonely because I yeah. knew I was missing out on Sunday, and it wasn't a. I don't. I it didn't. I remember when I was a young mom when I'd throw a pity party, like a temper tantrum. When it was a temper tantrum of like, mm-hmm. darn it, I have to stay here with the sick kid again. But it was more just like loneliness, lack of fellowship, like that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I tried to make light of it (laughs) when people are like, oh, I haven't seen you around in a year. You're like, yeah, I know. Literally. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's actually um, true. But just like really seeking, I just was really diligent to try to go to Psalm Sing when I can. It was really hard to get to Psalm Sing over the winter too. Really diligent to try to keep inviting people over when I can or just like get together for park dates or or different stuff like that because I knew I'm created to be in the body of Christ. I'm not there. I am still doing acts of mercy on Sunday. So I am worshiping. I'm just worshiping with a sick kid at the bathtub trying to get his fever down sort of a thing. Um, but, But honestly, even that perspective... I thought about that so much this winter. Like these are acts of mercy. This is my worship today. These are acts of mercy. Yeah. That's why the confessions give that category. Hey, there's acts of mercy and, and works of necessity mm-hmm. that even on the Sabbath, sometimes you have to do. And that doesn't mean that you're being disobedient. It's the providence of God to put that in your lap in this season. Be faithful in it and trust that he's blessing you in it. Like yeah. he ordained that. And there, the kids will even say, they said sometimes like, Oh, mom's not going to worship today worship service. And I was very specific with, no, I am worshiping. I'm doing an act of service on the Sabbath and yeah. it's an act of mercy. Yeah. So so, yeah. And uh, you look so glorious right now. I just wanted to say me. Yeah. Look at you. Just recording bright heart. <laughs> got a baby you nursed to sleep over there on your lap. <laughs> totally chonked out. He's just absolutely asleep. 
I was trying. Oh, I remember. You just looked good. Sorry. I want to say this last thing because this was very helpful for me. I said when Cyril was a newborn, number four was when I had the hardest time in church. We had, I had had the kids in church with me since Ira was a baby because Ira would not go to nursery even if we had it. He refused to go. So I, I, it wasn't like I wasn't used to them. It was just really hard the number. But I remember you telling me, I was like, it's just so hard. And you just kind of told me like, and God has decided that for worship for you, it is hard. Like he gets to decide that. Yeah. You don't get to say, I want the easy type of worship. He decided it's hard and it's good. And it just was like, okay, it helped me stop feeling like I need to make this less hard. And it was kind of like, no, it's hard and good. And yeah, it's like, still worship. Like I, there's something I'm missing. If I would just get the right technique. Yes. No, it's just hard. This yeah. is a difficult season. You're actually doing your calling correctly. I, I swear, guys, I used to be sweating from head to toe. Yeah. Most Sundays I would get home and I was just like, I feel like I ran a marathon because of how much it takes out of you. Yes. So Queen anyways. Shield made an energy. All right. Well. Thanks for listening, guys. We hope it's been helpful. Uh, If you like the show, you want to support it, uh, and also just uh, be able to ask your questions and things like that, we do have a Patreon channel where we post a weekly In the Kitchen episode, a little short podcast episode just for our patrons there. Jump on board and uh, sign up with the link in the description below. And for most of the tiers, we'll send you a Feed the Patriarchy mug. So your coffee will guaranteed taste 33% better in that mug. For legal reasons, I'm being told that I'm not allowed to actually make that claim, but I think it does, and it's actually 100% true. So anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We hope this is helpful. You Feel free to keep sending your questions in for this season with the link in the description as well, and uh, we'll catch you next time on Bright Hearth. <laughs>